Well, welcome everyone to HPAC Engineering's uh, second podcast in our series, HPAC On The Air. My name is Rob McManamy. I'm Editor-in-Chief of HPAC Engineering Magazine, which is now in its 92nd year. Uh, this new monthly podcast feature that we're doing aim, aims to bring you even more insight into the news and issues that affect your industry, our industry, as well as the opinions of trusted thought leaders that you've come to know on our print pages. Now, uh, um, with that in mind, HPAC on the air, our monthly guest this month is, uh, you're in luck, is, uh, is Chuck Gulledge, president of ASHRAE for 2020-2021, and uh, Chuck's a mechanical engineer, graduate of North Carolina State, 1983. We just, we just discovered we had ACC roots in that regard. Um, and uh, I wanted to welcome Chuck to our program, and uh, he can tell us a little bit more about himself, maybe a little more about his career. He's, he's located, I believe you're working in a uh, High Point, North Carolina. Is that, that correct, Chuck? Yes, the EAS uh, operations are based out of High Point, North Carolina. And you're a senior mechanical engineer with, with EAS. That is correct. Okay. Well, again, thanks for, for joining us, Chuck. We, we actually spoke about six months or so ago uh, with a, uh, a profile that we did with Contracting Business that, that's online as well. And I invite everybody to check out that that story online. And Chuck's had quite a, a first year as a uh, as, as president with ASHRAE. Um, he came in embracing the role of the associations, uh, I guess he's the first digital president. And as the theme, even before the pandemic was already gonna be the digital lighthouse and industry 4.0 had already been his theme. So uh, now that we've been through the last, uh, well, 10 months or so, uh, what would you say Chuck has surprised you the most about the way this digital transformation in our industry has, has played out over that time? You know, the title itself is a surprise because it was intended to reflect the maturation of our industry, uh, transforming to the digital age of connection and all that Industry 4.0 uh, makes available to us. That was the maturation focus. <laughs> what has happened is I have truly been a virtual e-president for ASHRAE this, this year. And so it's not so much the uh, maturation narrative as it is the forced narrative. Mm -hmm. And it's fortuitous, shall we say, that my theme was based upon moving the world in the industry in this direction. And we've had to adjust to this way of business uh, throughout the whole HVAC and our ecosystem just to survive. So, you know, how fortuitous could the theme be? And, mm -hmm. you know, that was my biggest surprise. It was planned to be about maturation and our evolution. And it turned out to be, oh man, look, we are, we are living this and we're living it right now because we have to. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest shock. And there's certainly been many shocks this, this year. And um, that uh, it's nice to have fortuitous shocks in that regard. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I guess you could say that was a, a good fortuitous shock. We've had some yeah. uh, not so good uh, shocks to the, uh, to the system. Oh, sure. For I sure. mean, when we lost the, uh, the show in Chicago for the winter meeting, mm -hmm. um, that was painful. Right. And now, and then the, the, I guess on the, the virtual one that's going to, well, you just did the virtual winter conference. Yep. 
and that would have uh, and and the next one that was is scheduled in June was that that was just put virtually as well I believe unfortunately we moved the um, annual ASHRAE meeting that was going to be in Phoenix uh, we made the decision to move that virtual to the world just isn't quite ready yet to convene uh, people from around the world in a face-to-face -face setting in a tight group like that so mm -hmm. we had to make that hard choice so the whole year you know coming in in june of 2020 the, the winter meeting in the january of 21 and now the annual meeting uh in june of 21 um we've we've had to pivot to virtual for all three of those meetings so that's going to you know this whole virtual uh pivot is going to impact the uh next president coming in also i would i would think so and yep. the uh um and actually i guess ashray unlike so many other associations is, is right in the thick of it anyway as far as having your your finger on the pulse of uh of uh kind of industry response to the uh, the epidemic and uh just thinking about the your epidemic task force uh, i would say has been at the forefront of the industry response uh from the global standpoint as well so i wonder if you could speak a little bit to their efforts a bit and, and how their work and recommendations uh will impact the the post-covid built environment and for that next president as you said so let's talk a little bit about refresh of what the ETF is, the Epidemic mm -hmm, Task Force. Mm -hmm. This is an aggregation of over 100 volunteers, uh, ASHRAE members, and industry subject matter experts that have been convened to provide uh, objective, true, uh, fact-based knowledge on what this is we're dealing with, and how do we respond to it? And this group has created so much valid information that building owners, designers, uh, public policymakers can refer to and understand what do we do to make our occupied buildings safe? Um, and they have focused heavily on the um, engineering controls and administrative controls and PPE and those three things in combination and how we can do things better. They have created some wonderful uh, media content that uh, demonstrates what we can do to uh, make facilities safe to return to. Um, and a lot of this is being um, put in front of the US government, public policymakers, state governments. Um, and th that information is being um, recognized and used. And that is such a success story for what ASHRAE can do um, in the immediacy of a need. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be president with something like that taking place because it's just very powerful what this group has pulled together. Yes, I saw the, uh, I guess, ETF chair, uh, Bill Banfleth, 
his his um, I guess his testimony to Congress it was in February I think and then or maybe that was his his presentation at your conference yep. I think he testified maybe in January. But, yeah, he uh, uh, just a few months ago he uh, I think he was in the room so to speak for about four hours. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been so much going on and and uh, and so many new. My wife is a teacher, so certainly the the the. Um, CDC guidelines and the ASHRAE recommendations, uh, the task force for, for schools has been particularly uh, uh, prominent in our lives here. And just uh, it, it's, it's been fascinating to watch everybody kind of come together or come back around on, on indoor air quality, uh, uh, the importance of it, and, and to, to watch the, uh, the engineering community uh, lead in that regard. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, the interesting thing that's being uncovered in this is the adaptability of buildings to respond to these acute events and and that's what we're seeing from this work it's one thing to say you need a better filter okay there there's mm -hmm. merits for uh efficacy of the filtration you put in but what we're seeing and this is going to play out long term is how our buildings are designed moving forward and or renovated in the case of existing stock. Um, how do we make our buildings more responsive to acute events so that they can be dealt with and not be devastating to the infrastructure or you just can't do it at all? We, we have to work in that resiliency component. Um, and that is something that is coming to light with this work. And that's another uh, somewhat fortuitous coincidence, I guess, when you talk about, because uh, this was this past year, it's, I guess it's just extraordinary coincidences because ASHRAE just opened its new headquarters in Atlanta mm -hmm. as kind of a living living laboratory that uh, for those types of things you were just talking about. Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that as well. That's true. And, you know, we tried to build it during a pandemic, which <laughs> presented its own challenges uh, with construction workers and safety on the job site, not what we would normally think from the OSHA lens, but mm -hmm. from uh, protecting workers and maintaining uh, administrative control and distance and uh, being able to build something. Um, but let's let's back up and talk about the uh, the, the the new ASHRAE headquarters. And that's a converted space also, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, we We had to move. Mm -hmm. I won't go through the long story of why, but we decided to buy 1970s era existing empty building stock uh, in Peachtree Corners, Georgia. And we decided to show the world how you could take existing stock and convert it to high performance net zero space because that's the next frontier in this whole get to zero narrative. What do you do with what we already have? Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done. Uh, we've converted it. The, uh, as of right now, the PV array just showed up and is being installed on the building. So I'm hoping by the time we get to, before I'm done being president, the, the PV array will be uh, actually installed and operational. But part of that living lab narrative is uh, demonstrating how a building asset become, can become a digital uh, mirror asset for effective building operations. 
And when I say effective building operations, I'm obviously talking about the energy meter, the water meter, the resource usage thing, but this is also going to work in the elements of indoor environmental quality. Um, we have dashboarding in place to uh, demonstrate that we are providing thermal comfort where it needs to be. Um, this is truly good. We have the right uh, uh, CO2 monitoring in place. It's really geared to the uh, occupants uh, experience in the building. And that's all going to be part of the digital twin that uh, uniquely every ASHRAE member is going to have access to from anywhere in the world to mm. see just how ASHRAE's building is operating. I was not aware of that. Was that always part of the plan or was that something that's, that's been uh, instituted more recently? It's a teaser. It's been, <laughs> it's been part of the plan. It's evolving to be what I just described. Okay. And actually that, that leads into my next question here was just about the, the, the international aspect of, of, of ASHRAE. It's a, as a global uh, organization with 53,000 members. And, and uh, I think that's been another some, uh, as, as you mentioned before in our interview, the uh, a fortuitous uh, uh, aspect of this is the normally, I guess, the, the president would be traveling the world to try to visit as many chapters as possible. And you've been able to do that virtually and uh, speak a little bit because and I think probably by doing that, you've been able to visit more people and visit more chapters in the U.S. even. So maybe speak about that a little bit, if you would. OK, well, that's a great setup. Um... <laughs> Every chapter meeting within ASHRAE has gone virtual. Every peer society event that an ASHRAE president would normally go to on different continents has gone virtual. Uh, that's just what the world's had to do. But with digital connection, ASHRAE has still been in the room and a part of the experience in the moment. And because you don't have to spend all the time in an airplane and traveling around in cars and getting to locales. I have actually been able to go to more places than any ASHRAE president has ever conceived of doing. Physically not possible in a face-to-face -face mentality world. ASHRAE's got 198 chapters around the world. There's no way a president can go visit all of them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost nine months down, so I'm almost 75% in. I have already visited 119 chapters of our mm -hmm. 198, and that's outside of the the big events for the uh, you know the peer organizations out there in the world like SIBSI and mm -hmm. things like that. It's it's amazing. We are able to do more, see more and be engaged more. And that has been remarkable. Actually, that's, and so when we come out of the pandemic, I guess, how do you think that will affect the, uh, the way your successor goes about this job or the way ASHRAE approaches this in the future? Will there be more, I would think there'd be more virtual international meetings as well. I think there's going to be a hybrid. Um, mm -hmm. People crave that face-to-face -face networking experience. We're mm -hmm. humans. That's part of who we are, but we have been exposed to 
we can engage more people in the room to be a part of the experience. I'll just use uh, ASHRAE's technical committees or even as grassroots. Uh, people can't always afford to make these trips to come halfway around the world to do stuff. They can now be in the room, so to speak, with digital virtual connection. And we're getting more participation of the ASHRAE member um, engaged in our meetings. So mm -hmm. I really think when we get back to whatever normal mm -hmm. looks like later on, it's going to be a hybrid that brings in a supplemental digital contribution in addition to the face-to-face -face aspect. I think it's inevitable because mm -hmm. it provides uh, productivity and engagement and inclusion. Now, I think another emphasis has been on next generation recruiters. I think the technology just naturally flows into, into that as far as recruiting into the field uh, uh, with just, just this explosion of technology now just seems to be to fit naturally with the, with the next gen, I would think. The next generation is digitally savvy and <laughs> they are good at this. Mm -hmm. And yes, I agree with you. Uh, these are the people we need in the business uh, learning how to uh, apply the engineering uh, that we can teach them uh, virtually and designing buildings virtually. We're going to be moving off paper, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. We're going to be designing buildings virtually. We're going to build them virtually and then turn them into building physically. And we need that digitally savvy generation to take the lead and do all that modeling and generative design and CFD analysis and performative simulation. Um, that's, that's the next age right there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, and it's right here already. Or it's, uh, it, I mean, it, it's, it, that's another thing. The pandemic seems to, it maybe used to be just around the corner, but now it seems to be right here. It's part of that forced aspect of right. the the paradigm now now chuck i when is your term up is it up in june or in, in uh, end, of, end of june the new president takes leadership july 1 okay and now i guess that my last uh, question for you here I, it was just uh, how when you go back to i mean i know there's this, there's past president or immediate past president roles or whatever but when you go back to your i guess civilian life of, of daytime engineering <laughs> or, or uh how will uh, this experience have changed you or changed the way that you, that you approach the job in the in the near future and distant future, I guess? The ability to network with project teams. Um, I have new insight into how that's possible. Mm -hmm. um, and this all leads into that whole lean integrated project delivery collaboration narrative. I know it's possible. I lived it anyway before I became the ASHRAE president, mm -hmm. but I know it's out there. I know people throughout this industry are craving the opportunity to get away from silos and deliver collaborative solutions. So when I roll out of my ASHRAE hat assignment as president, I get to go back to that and do that every day as my day job. And I have a much better appreci appreciation for uh, working in that lean collaborative uh, mindset. So 
it's been a reinforcement, if you will, on mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do and the right way to go. Okay. And I don't get to leave ASHRAE. I, uh, right. The, the, the ex-president roll into <laughs> the uh, nominating of the next leadership group. So I get to do that for two years. <laughs> and even Bill Banfleth is an ex-president, right? So he seems pretty yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ex-presidents seem to find a way to get invited to do <laughs> strategic things. And mm -hmm. in the case of uh, Dr. Bonfleth, uh, he was the right person to lead the, uh, the ETF because mm -hmm. of his subject matter expertise when it comes to the whole IAQ narrative he was the right person to put in that room. So that's usually where a past president ends up on something big and strategic. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I used to cover, uh, work for Design Build Magazine. So covering that integrated project delivery aspect of it. So it's another, uh, I know we have used the term fortuitous uh, coincidence, I guess, not fortuitous development, I guess, that, that it seems that this is accelerating or potentially accelerating integrated project delivery, as you say, through just helping with collaboration. Has there been less uh, contentiousness on projects, would you say, through this collaborative uh, uh, technology? I think so. I think we're breaking through the barriers. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting sidebar, uh, ASHRAE just concluded its virtual design and construction specialty conference. Mm -hmm. I invited the presidents of the uh, trade organizations, SMACNA, MCAA, NECA, mm -hmm. they're the electrical uh, people, and myself, and we had a, a, a nice hour and a half discussion that focused on collaboration and lean uh, and integrated project delivery and virtual design, and I was extremely excited to hear the perspective from the trade organizations on their desire to be in the room on the lean IPD type project. Mm -hmm. And they understand lean. Of course they would. That's what you should be doing as a contractor. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they understand the relational value of being in the room at the beginning with everybody, engineers, owners, facilities, people being in the room early. So the barriers that we've always heard over the years, not in my backyard, we don't do things that way. You can't do it. You can't spend the money that way. Those barriers are starting to crumble and I hope we get to see them eliminated. Well, that would be wonderful if the, if the silos come down. Right? The silos need to come down. Well, Chuck, I, I appreciate your time so much here today. And uh, uh, I, I think it's it's not inappropriate for me to congratulate you on, uh, on navigating this uh, extraordinary year. I know you're not quite done yet, but it's, it's already been so many challenges that you guys have, have managed to, uh, uh, to to overcome, and uh, and and still more to more to come in that regard. But, uh, but again, thank you so much for your time here today, and and uh, uh, for your work with Ashray and all the different task forces. And and, uh, um, and I wanted to just uh, uh, thank our audience for being with us as well. Hope hope you had a, a enjoyed this interview, and that there's more online. Uh, there'll be more. Hopefully, we'll be coming back and covering that topic more that, that Chuck was just talking about. Also, 
but uh, there's uh, our interview with him is online also from four or five months ago. And uh, but please join us next time for our uh, our next HPA on the air podcast. And again, thank thank you very much, Chuck Gulledge, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, Rob.